All right, welcome back to uh, another episode of A Healthy Debate. We um, have a guest today, so the Americans are outnumbering the Brits at a two-to-one margin. For one day um, only. Yeah, for one day only. We have another guest, another American guest coming up later. So No, we're canceling um, that now. Oh, that's canceled. <laughs> Never mind. No more guests today. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, Blair, dietitian based out of the DMV, which is uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia. We got Adam over here. Whoop, whoop. You've got Adam, personal trainer from Manchester, UK. Got, yeah. And then another registered dietitian. Yeah. Oh, there's so, two registered uh, dietitians yeah, attacking me right here. Adam, yeah. So Take this is Nicole Hoskins. She'll introduce herself, but just a little background. Nicole and I went to the same program at Florida State University. So we uh, knew each other briefly. I actually had to drop out and rejoin. So I, I graduated later than she did, but uh, we both studied sports nutrition at Florida State. So what you're saying is Nicole's more senior than you. Yeah, that's correct. Basically, by like six months, if that. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Go on, Nicole. Tell people who you are. Yeah, so it's nice nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. My name's Nicole Hoskins. Um, I am a registered dietitian in Florida. Um, so it's wintertime right now. It's basically 80 degrees outside, so it feels great. Um, I have my background, like you said. Yeah, I know. I will continually. Um, I have my background in master's in sports nutrition. I've worked with athletes and then I went to the clinical setting and worked in the ICU. And I am now a wellness coordinator for a entire hospital. So pretty cool. So basically you're a big shot. Yeah. That's what I heard, you know, in a very subtle, am, modest way. I am <laughs> that's where we need to queue up Billy Joel. Can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Today we are talking, we're having a healthy debate about artificial sweeteners, or as we like to use the term in the biz, nutrition, non-nutritive sweeteners. Um, they're not necessarily artificial, but they don't provide calories. So they are non-nutritive sweeteners or sugar substitutes for lack of a better term. So fair enough. Um, so why are we talking about this? Um, I liked this topic and I liked having Nicole as a guest because I feel like in my opinion, they get a very negative and bad representation for being terrible for you, causing cancer, being neurodegenerative and all kinds of things that I just don't necessarily think is true. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good topic to bring up and just kind of twist and turn through whether where the merit, where that comes from, if it's true, what to look out for and, you know, so on, just kind of see where it goes from there. Fair enough. I actually watched a very interesting, uh, have you ever watched um, Explained on Netflix? There's actually oh, yeah. an episode on sweeteners and it's quite interesting. Yeah. I, if you said what the hell, I was going to punch you in the neck. But, um, <laughs> no, how it's, how it's made. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen that one. It's called Explain. Is it like how it's made? Yeah, but they don't talk about how it's made. They talk about the history of where sweeteners came from oh. and how they came about, where the myths came in, where they got debunked and where we are with sweeteners these days and like how like the next ones that are currently being made that aren't legal in all countries yet, but okay. are quite mm -hmm. apparently safe. They're just not been tested enough. I liked how mm -hmm. it's made with uh, Mark Summers. Didn't he do that show? The guy from Double Dare? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he's the narrator for how it's made. 
Um, so I guess <laughs> anyway. Nicole, give us, yeah, give us your rundown on artificial sweeteners or non-nutritive sweeteners and, and maybe a little yeah. background on what they are. So actually, I um, also have a YouTube where I do talk about nutrition and I do exercises. But a big thing that I do on my YouTube is I try to be healthy foods. So foods that are in the grocery store that are deemed as healthier than their original. And then I actually see if it actually tastes like cardboard or if they taste good. What is interesting to me is a lot of them use stevia or allulose or another sugar substitute. But what I have seen that's interesting, and I want to hear your thoughts on it before. So like sugar substitutes were deemed as terrible for you, cancer causing, don't have it, just have the regular thing. Don't have sugar substitutes yet. 10 years later, now we have stevia, allulose and all these other, I guess, fancier names, or I guess people are saying better products. They are just charging more, but now those are, people are fine with those, but not fine with the other ones like Splenda, um, like anything that comes in a tiny little sugar substitute bag at Dunkin' Donuts, people are like, oh, I could never. Yet when it comes in a $5 chocolate bar, people are like, this is healthier for you. I'm going to have this. And although the $5 chocolate bar that does have sugar substitutes does taste good, I think it's not any different in my brain. Yeah. Okay. So and, and I do like the distinction. So I, originally sugar substitutes, why it's called artificial sweeteners is we had like the core uh, aspartame, sucralose mm-hmm. and saccharin were the big ones. That's where it started, right? It started with aspartame. Saccharin actually. It was, oh, it was, okay. it was the original bad guy. Yeah. So the um, now we have why we use the term non-nutritive sweeteners is mm-hmm. because we have the natural sugar-free, which is sugar alcohols, which is the allulose, xylitol, mm-hmm. uh, erythritol, the monk fruit extract. And fruit. Um, what's the one you just mentioned? Stevia, which is a Stevia. plant, you know, now it's plant-based, which is its big selling point now. So it's a um, plant-based artificial sweetener. Well, it's not uh-huh. artificial. It's natural. It's plant derived. That's, that's the distinction they're trying to make and why it's okay. better for you is because- okay. It's not chemical, even though it is everything on the planet is a chemical. Um, but that's kind of the spin as we ha- now have natural non-nutritive sweeteners instead of artificial non-nutritive mm-hmm. sweeteners. And you got to learn how to market these things, right? So natural is just a very nice word that has no backbone and no guidelines to say, and just like, I'm a natural sweetener and like, Oh, great. So like, mm-hmm. I will say marketers always will keep giving me a job because they just keep getting smarter and more creative on how to make food sound way better or way worse. Yeah. Like superfood. I, we could have a whole t- podcast on superfoods. It's a That's marketing a term. Episode. It's a, <laughs> superfoods is a marketing term. It has no merit in the nutritional world. So well, let's go back to that one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and I think it's important, uh, like the whole sugar causes cancer. Like in my research, there has never been any studies indicating an uptick in cancer mortality or risk from using artificial sweeteners where that originated was a study, I believe is in the mid eighties on saccharin with lab rats. And Mm -hmm. what they discovered years later, one, they were feeding them excessive amounts and two uh, rats. The point of rat studies is to deem it safe to conduct on humans Rats have a different nitrogen content to their urea and urine pathways, which is what caused the bladder cancer in those rats. That's Actually. not even going into those rats are bred to have cancer 
and then you throw this at them. And if they don't cause cancer, it's clean and you can send it to humans. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of holes we could point yep. into that study. Well, not just that, like that TV show that I told you I watched, they also mentioned how rats are on like four legs. We stand up on two. So it actually means their stomach sits in a completely different way than mm-hmm. ours does. So it digests oh, differently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of reasons why rats getting cancer from an artificial sweetener when they're fed their body weight doesn't indicate mm-hmm. that it's going to cause cancer. And beyond that, a lot of that's fear mongering. So mm-hmm. saying something causes cancer, there is, you can't force feed humans something and deem if, and determine if they get heart disease or cancer, it's all correlational. And that doesn't take into account, um, lifestyle, stress, mm-hmm. uh, airborne pollutants, what other products they're using and, and that kind of stuff. As far as the whole picture, it's just, oh, we see a lot of sugar intake and a lot of cancer, sugar causes cancer. And that's kind of where we get these fear mongering stats of like, oh, these artificial sweeteners cause cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of where it all started. And now we have this marketing shift to the natural sweeteners, which we don't have any research on, but they're better because they're natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's a question for you then. So you said how these rats were given excessive amounts of sweeteners. And so with the way sweeteners are used in this day and age, you know, it's in your diet Cokes, your like your protein powders these days. And so at what point does it become excessive in humans? And would that have some form of an effect on us? I mean, it's like pounds of sugar substitute that would be this equivalent of what they gave the rats. Like rats are little, little guys. We're a little bit bigger than rats. Um, so you have to multiply that by us. So that's like pounds of it. You have to be trying. I feel like somebody wants to like three cases of Diet Coke a day was like somewhat maybe an equivalent. And that again is maybe, and that's somebody again, pulling something out of their pocket to give somebody a number that we can't give. So what you should be asking instead of being like, what is the amount? If you're really nervous that you're having that much sugar substitutes, that means something else is missing in your diet. Like chances are, if you're just having foods that have a lot of sugar substitutes, you're probably missing whole foods like grains, meats, vegetables, fruits, et cetera. So I don't think it's really, it could be possible to have an excess amount, but you would really, really, really have to try to have a dangerous amount of sugar substitutes. So and if all somebody this does, fear. I'm sure they have a show on TLC. <laughs> no doubt. But the thing is though, you'd see more people in hospitals or more people with people like yourselves, Nicole and Blair, you know, from having so many artificial sweeteners and they need things changing up, but you don't see it as often as you think, or it's part of someone's maybe diet, we're going to say, of someone who eats unhealthy and they're trying to cut back on calories. You see a lot of people have it because they're used to having a lot of normal sugar versus Mm -hmm. artificial ones. And I also will say this with sugar substitutes that I always see and it comes into a book um, from Tracy Mann. She was tr- talking about how people say sugar substitutes make you eat more. And that's this whole thing of why sugar substitutes should be discouraged. Because when you have sugar substitutes, you actually have more calories and you crave more sweet foods. Okay. And so a study was done where there were two different shakes. One shake had like 750 calories. The details I might be wrong about, but I'll 
ballpark it. One shake at 750 calories, one shake at 300 calories. They were given to two different groups and both the groups had it. They tested like ghrelin, hormone, hunger hormones. They tested how many calories they had. They tested how many, how much of the shake they had, et cetera. Um, at the end of the study, they found out there's the people who had the full fat, full sugar shake actually had less than the people who had the no sugar or maybe not no sugar, but less calories, less fat shake. And they found that interesting. The people who had the 350 calorie shake actually drink a lot more. So then you're like, oh yeah, I guess it does mean that people would want more. Well, it turns out both those shakes were the same 750 calorie shakes. Mm-hmm. And what really mm-hmm. took the hit or what made people think is like, oh, you can't really trick your brain. Like people always talk about biohacks for this specific thing. You can't really trick your brain into being like, oh, I'll have less calories because your brain is actually smarter and trying to make sure you're surviving and making sure you're getting enough calories. So if you say I'm only having 350, it's like, well, that's not enough. You need more. That's a good point. That. Yeah. yeah. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, it's like, like my that. favorite study. I think it's important too to point out, like when you're talking about relative amounts and can you have too much artificial sweeteners? Um, sucralose is probably the most common. Maybe stevia gives it a run for its money now, mm-hmm. but sucralose is 600 times sweeter than sugar per gram. So I've heard that you are having one six hundredth of the amount for the same relative sweetness. So you know, is it healthier than sugar? And I, that's an, it depends statement, but you know, if 600 times is less than a gram, a 40 gram soda, uh, 40 grams of sugar Mm -hmm. would be less than one gram of this Splenda sugar substitute. So yeah, I just got the 40 minute. We only have 10 minutes left on the, so we'll just cut this part out and try to make it work. Um, but yeah, so that's a a drastic difference in the amount consumed for the same relative sweetness. When you, it's not, you're going, you're not going gram for gram. You're switching one six hundredth of the amount for the same relative sweetness. It's very hard to consume our body weight in something that we're eating one six hundredth of the amount. Completely. And there's another, besides that sugar, there's also the natural sugars or the sugar substitutes. One that I find really interesting that not many people know about is allulose. And really the reason why it's called a sugar substitute is because our body can't digest it, right? So some people wanted it to be a fiber, but the FDA said it's no longer considered a fiber. It's just a non-nutritive sweetener. Um, Because when we intake allulose, our body, it goes straight through our digestive tract and we basically just excrete it when we use the restroom. Mm. But it's also four, it still has a little bit of calories. I think it's four it's I now the details are gone, but it's less calories than sugar because we can't digest it, which is pretty interesting and sweeter than sugar. Just like you said, but not 60%. I think it's like 4% higher or four times as high. This is quite interesting. So most people when it comes to like sugar or sugar substitutes, substitutes, a lot of people these days, um, you know the fear is around like diabetes and insulin, mm-hmm. and so, and so, what sort of considerations does someone in that sort of category have to take? It? Yeah, exactly. When people are saying just have the regular Coke over the diet Coke, 
especially if you're a pre-diabetic or diabetic, it's going to be healthier to have the diet Coke for your body. And because now your blood glucose isn't going to skyrocket with, as it would with just regular soda. So when people fear monger, other people are like, oh, diet Coke is so bad for you. It's terrible for you. It actually is doing a disservice to people who actually need, not need it, but actually could benefit having that over the regular soda. Okay. Yeah. So we're comparing it in healthiness compared to a, a full sugar soda, like right. um, natural sugar versus an artificial sweetener type soda. And regardless of regular soda or diet soda, no one's saying either of them are healthy, right? Like we're, they're not healthy. They're fun foods. So which one is going to best fit your lifestyle and your needs? Soda should just be something you enjoy. It's not something that's adding any health to your day, but it tastes good. And so have it, but don't have like eight of them. Same, same goes with diet soda. Don't have like eight diet sodas. Yeah. I think it, it requires knowing what the goals are and where the context in terms of your journey, like saying soda is bad, sugar soda is bad, diet is better. Well, people that are trying to gain weight, it's okay to have some sodas to get some liquid calories because they're not mm -hmm. able to eat that amount. People that are diabetic, it's much healthier to be having a diet soda or crystal light than it is to be chugging lemonade or a diet or a full sugar soda because of their blood sugar issues and the consequence of heart health and leg mm -hmm. amputation and things like that, that occur downstream from excessive blood sugars, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just one is good. One is bad. One is healthier than the other. Like there's context required across the board, you know, and sugar can't be replaced in certain situations. It, baking, you need sugar. It's part of the leavening process. It's part of the browning process. There is no substitute for sugar in baking it is required for the baking process. So, you know, it's, have you had a black bean applesauce brownie that's sugar-free? They're fucking terrible. I've, I trash. will not eat one garbage. You know, like it's, <laughs> uh, if you like them more power to you, but don't give me a chickpea protein bar. I want, you know, the real deal chocolate chip cookie type shit, you know, like it sugar tastes good. It's great. You know, mm -hmm. it's necessary in situations. I have a confession to make <laughs> in, in my youth, uh, probably between the ages of sort of like 16 and 19, I used to drink about four to six full sugar cans of Coke a day. And uh, <laughs> but I think I was, I was right there with you. <laughs> um, but I was I was a very skinny kid who exercised a lot. And so it didn't reflect externally. But everyone used to tell me how bad it was for me, how bad it was for me. And, you know, I never really understood how it affected my insulin and all that jazz. You know, when you're young, you don't really know about that sort of stuff. Uh, I just knew I exercised a lot and it gave me energy. <laughs> like kids do when you give them a piece of sugar. Um, what's interesting is, you know, if you compare giving sugar to a child versus an adult, when kids go bouncing off the walls, I think that's an adult, but just on the inside, like their, how their body's working and their system's working, they just have a higher tolerance level, but their, their body is probably bouncing inside internally, even though they're not on the outside. Do you agree yeah. or disagree? Um, I don't know. I think that's an interesting point. I, I, I'd be interested to see like if they can do 
a test on sugar consumption and like catecholamine increase and heart rate and that kind of stuff, regardless of subjective appearance. Um, I think it's (laughs) funny you bring up insulin too. Like I think insulin has become a bad guy. And, Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like insulin should be stifled and reduced. And it's, you're either insulin resistant and that's bad, or you have too much insulin and that's bad. And it's part of that polarity mindset where it's like, why is insulin insulin super necessary? It's a huge part of our energy regulation, our body storage, our sugar uptake into the muscle and glycogen storage in the liver. And, you know, it's, we wouldn't make it if it wasn't necessary, but it's like you have team like increased insulin for muscle growth and team no insulin because it makes you fat. And I think it's just kind of crazy how insulin because of sugar being a demon now insulin even is being looked at as a demon in our society. I think everyone's trying to find the culprit of what, what's causing weight gain. And it's, it's getting a little crazy because now that we have Google, people are now able to go from these very wide sentences to more narrow where it's now insulin before it was like calories. And now we're able to able to go to like hormones and enzymes and things that are happening in the body and being like, it's this one thing that's naturally happening in our body. We can't stop it. We can't even try to stop it because it's going to happen. Um, and trying to find the bad guy to turn it off, quote unquote, or biohack. And that's just going to do a disservice. The mistake I think people are making is they're trying to pinpoint one culprit for the cause of an accumulation of things. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think my final thought there on that is Obesity to me is not a disease. It's a symptom of something larger. And that is, you know, we can have a headache for 19 different reasons. So it's not like, oh, you have a headache. It's a brain tumor. You know, it could be dehydration or lack of sleep, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. it's like obesity is a symptom of emotional eating because of not dealing with who I am as a person or my own self-care it's a symptom of hormonal dysregulation or uh, learned behaviors from childhood. It, it, there's a ton of things that can lead into being obese, but it's mm-hmm. not a disease that has a culprit that we have to unlock. It is a symptom of overeating, which is a symptom of something else. And I think with going back to sugar substitutes, everyone is just scared and trying to figure out what is the right thing to do. And the good news is it's the middle ground. Like it's the gray area. The fact, if you're going what, only sugar substitutes or only regular sugar, that's where you're going to get into a mess of things. Finding that gray area that works for people is actually going to help them and cause a lot less stress, I think. Mm, well, we'll leave people to think on that. Shall we um, tell people where they can find us? Nicole, since you're our guest. Where can people sure. find you on socials? It's Nicole Hoskins, N-I-C-O-L-E-H-O-S-K-E-N-S on all the socials um, and on YouTube as well. So YouTube, Instagram, Instagram where else? Fa- I guess that's really it. YouTube, Instagram, it. I have TikTok <laughs> and, t- yeah. and TikTok, but TikTok, we, we're dabbling right now. We're trying to figure out TikTok. It's, <laughs> it's a young person's game, but I'm trying. I love it. A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.